0: All right, well, good morning, everyone. Morning. Good morning. My name is Zaldi Villaverde, and I'm honored to share the message today. Come on. Um, it's my first time up here in our new facility, facility. so it's uh, very exciting, and it's very bright in here. Yeah, I can see everyone, and everyone is looking uh, handsome and beautiful. Thank you, bro. You. Uh, we'll be closing off our series on James. And today we are going to look at the prayer of faith. And since we'll be talking about prayer, why don't we go to God in and, um, and a word of prayer Amen. before I start. Uh, God, uh, we thank you so much for this uh, day, this beautiful day, and um, our new facility. And uh, we're just so grateful to be able to worship you. Be with the message today. I pray that it comes from you. And I pray that uh, you send us your Holy Spirit. We love you guys. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And as I was preparing for um, this message, I read a few children's uh, prayer. And I have two uh, little ones of my own. So I can uh, see them praying these prayers uh, one day. And I thought that uh, they were pretty funny. Um, Here's one. Dear Lord. Thank you for the, nice today, for the nice day today. You even fooled the TV weatherman. Hank, seven years old. <laughs> Dear God, I need a raise in my allowance. Could you have one, one of your angels tell my father? Thank you. David's eight, seven. Dear God, this is my prayer. Could you please give my brother some brains? So far, he doesn't have any. Angela, eight. <laughs> Dear God, please send a new baby for mommy. The new baby you sent last week cries too much. <laughs> Debbie, age seven. And I can see my daughter praying that, praying that prayer. No, wait, I can see myself praying that prayer. And here's another one. Two young, two young boys were spending the night at their grandparents' house the week before Christmas. At bedtime, the two boys knelt beside their beds to say their prayers. The younger one began praying at the top of his lungs. I pray for a new bicycle. I pray for a new Nintendo. I want an iPhone. Little kid. His older brother leaned over, nudged him. Why are you shouting? God isn't deaf. To which the little brother replied, No, but grandma is. So Christmas is two months away, guys. If your kids are praying louder than usual, maybe this is why. And uh, last one before I read the scripture this one's a story. A bus driver and a minister. I love minister uh, stories. Yeah, I do too. Uh oh. They were standing in line to get to heaven. Uh oh. The bus driver, yeah, just a line. The bus driver approached the gate, and St. Peter said, Welcome. I understand you were a bus driver. Since I'm in charge of housing, I believe I found the perfect place for you. See that beautiful mansion right up there over the hilltop? That's yours. Nice ah. The minister heard all this and began to stand a little taller. Ah, Yee yeah. awesome. He said to himself, "If a bus driver got a place like that, just think what I'll get." <laughs> wow. The minister approached the gate and St. Peter said, "Welcome. I understand you are a minister." See that worn-down shack down there in the valley? That's yours. St. Peter had, gotten, had hardly gotten the words out of his mouth when the shop minister said, I was a minister! I preached the gospel! I taught about God! I counseled people! Why does the bus drive get a mansion and I get a shack? Why? Sadly, St. Peter responded, Well, it seems when you preach... You, people slept. When the bus driver drove, people prayed. <laughs> some people got it. Well, hopefully no one will be sleeping during my uh, preaching today. Prayer, we've all done it at some point. Maybe when we felt lost. Maybe we were in trouble. Maybe even when things were going well we prayed one of those grateful prayers but what is a prayer of faith let's uh, go to the book of James James 5 starting verse 13 please follow along as I read it starts verse 13 is anyone among you in trouble how many of us are in trouble here Mm, every day buddy every day (laughs) Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Let's go to uh, verse 17. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. In our passage for today, James starts out by asking, is any one of you in trouble? And uh, while not all of us are going through challenges right now, most of us have had more than one bad day in our life, right? In fact, maybe some of you are going through some tough times right now. And as we wrap up our series on the book of James, we're going to take a look at how he describes the prayer of faith. And there's three kinds of prayer that we can see here in this passage. The first one is, we are to pray for ourselves." That's what it says in verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Second, we are to call the elders of the church when we are really sick. That's what it says in 14 and 15. And the third one is, we should pray for each other. That's what it says in verse 16. It says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And this passage not only gives us an indication of how to pray, but it also um, helps us to determine when we should pray or when to pray. And I see four uh times when we should pray. It says uh, when we're suffering, okay, in verse 13, a. when we have success, and we ha- when we're sick, and when we're in sin. James is recognizing that life is made up of um, triumph and tragedy uh, of sorrow and joy. and uh, Illness and sickness uh, can slow us down, right? Yeah. You know, we can't go to work, and you know, even sin entangles us in life, we never know what to expect. It's unpredictable. Yeah. <clears throat> and if any of you have... Had, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> if uh, anyone ha- has ever had an accident, or somebody gets sick, you know, you can attest that it, life can change in a matter of seconds. And as Christians, we all know how sin can devastate and destroy lives. And maybe some of us are living... The consequences of those sins. Of wrong choices. Um, Let's look at uh, more closely on each one. Pray when we're suffering. The first part, um, ask the question, is any one of you in trouble? And, you know, it could be different kinds of suffering. It can uh, be sickness, it could be uh, death, um, maybe a disappointment in your life. It could be uh, persecution. Um, But it says that when we're in trouble, we pray. We're to pray. And um, Psalm 34, verse 4, it says, I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And when we're in a mess, we should pray for wisdom. Pray for strength. And for the removal of the suffering. But if it's the Lord's will. You know, we forget that sometimes we forget about God's will, and when we are, when our prayers are not answered um, or they're not answered right away, we get mad at God. We get mad at our spouses. We get mad at our kids and all the people around us. But you know, we have the privilege of a, of a prayer wherever um, we can pray, whenever at any time, in any situation, with whatever is in our hearts. But we need to realize that He will not answer in, his, uh, in our time frame. He will answer in His time frame. And I, I remember an example of this um, in my life was uh, with our kids, and I've been uh, married for over 10 years to my beautiful wife, uh, Maricel, hey, man. right in back of Roland, covering her up. <laughs> <clears throat> and, you know, the first two years, we didn't really try to have kids, but then, you know, after that, we, we decided that we wanted to have kids. You know, we were, we thought we were ready to have kids. And, Trying for years and it didn't happen. You know, it became a struggle because people ca- kept on asking when we were going to have kids, and I, I started feeling um, insecure because there was maybe something wrong. And uh, I was—we were dreading going to family functions because somebody was going to ask about kids. <laughs> And so, you know, we had our friends, we were having kids, you know, we got married at, almost at the same time. And so we questioned God: What is happening? Why can't we have kids? Doctor said we're okay. <laughs> and so after five years, you know, God was still not answering our prayers. And so after and finally, after six years, we just moved here to California from New York. So, there's something about California air. Maybe it was it was the church here too. And yeah, I think we were here for less than a year already. Wow, but you know, but by this time we we surrendered to God and we didn't really um, think about it much. And so we were surrendered. Amen. And then uh, one day, right at... It was um, Father's Day service. Mm. Now, it, it was funny because uh, during that, I was, we didn't have kids yet, but there was a kid, you know, they, had, they were handing out pens, a Father's Day gift, and I, I received two for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept good. it anyway. I kept the pen. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <She's> <laughs> but kept it because um, my wife um, took us to the library. Um, she did it for uh, on purpose. She took us to the kids' uh, section, you know, with the pirate boat, and yeah, she gave me a card. And you know, she told me she appreciated me and um, she was grateful. And then there was a uh, happy Father's Day. And, you know, I'm kind of slow, so. Uh, <laughs> Um, is this right? Aww. But, you know, after I finally got it, you know, in my head I was like, yes! Yes! <laughs> Jumping up and down. But, you know, we were in the library, so I was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Kept calm. And, oh, really? <laughs> and And so, you know, I thought about it. And looking back, it was really God's timing... Because we were really not ready for kids. We were moving around quite a lot. We were in the ministry in Manila. And so we went to different locations... And then we moved to New York. And then from New York, went to the West Coast here in California. And looking back, we weren't really ready. And I'm glad uh, for God's timing. And sometimes when I get frustrated in raising my kids... Can you relate to that uh, if you have kids? You know, I have to remember, I prayed for them. <laughs> that they were God's blessing. And we asked for them. But how, are you, how about you? What is frustrating you? Do you feel like your prayers are not being answered? Maybe the things that's frustrating you or making you struggle right now are things that you asked for. At one point. And the Bible is clear that suffering is the normal expectation for every Christian. And Peter the Apostle puts it bluntly in First Peter chapter 4, verse 12. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. And Peter tells us not to be surprised when challenges come. But even though we know life is never easy, we can give way to self-pity, we can get resentful, we can get discouraged. And when we sense the pressures of life are greater than we can bear, James says to what? What do we need to do? Pray. We need to pray. Also, um, another, another one that um, reasons when we have success. You now Peter says uh, in verse 13, Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Mm. And James is saying here that not everyone goes through troubles at the same time. Thank God for that. Yeah. Praise God. But imagine if all of us are going through challenges at the same time. Oh, oh we would talk about our problems in our lives. Mm. We'd all be miserable. But thank God we're not. And God balances our lives and gives us hours of suffering and days of singing. And, you know, praying and singing were important elements of worship in the early days. And just like now, they're important as well. That's why I love our song leaders. They're so important. In Psalm 96, uh, 1-2, to David calls us to, it says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. We are called to sing songs of praise when, when going through times of success. And so, we're to pray when we suffer, and we're to praise when we have success. And now let's look at what we're to do when we have sickness. Mm. You now, all of us, you know, it's flu season. We're, gonna get, we're bound to get sick. Yep. And if one of us gets sick, the rest of the family gets sick. In yep. verse 14 to 15, it says, Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And the focus here is not on what God is able to do. We know that God can do anything He wants to. God, in Ephesians 3.20, says, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us. The, The focus in this passage is on what the church can do, what all of us can do. And these verse tells us how a Bible-believing church responds to sickness. You know, what, we, what should we do for the sick? And the answer is uh, simple, and it's also profound. We should pray that God will raise them up. And I read some uh, medical facts. Uh, there was a research at San Francisco General Hospital, and it revealed that victims of, of a heart attack... Or um, heart failure and other cardiac problems who were remembered in prayers fared better than those who were not. So in other words, um, it was a cardiologist, um, they assigned 192 patients to uh, the prayed for group and 201 patients for the not prayed for group. (laughs) And, you know, all the patients were in the coron- coronary uh, intensive care unit. And the patients, the doctors, and the nurses did not know uh, who were in these groups. And so, uh, prayer group members were scattered around the nation and, um, and given only the first names. And the diagnosis and prognosis of the patients, and those, those are the things that were revealed. And um, the prayed-for group had significantly fewer complications than the unremembered group. And fewer members of the former died. Wow. So, you know, the latter group was five times more likely to develop infections um, requiring antibiotics and three times more likely to develop lung, a lung condition uh, leading to heart failure. And so these findings were published In the American Heart Association, and so that's amazing. And so we need to pray for one another. And there's at least four steps in the in um, praying for the sick. One, the sick person calls for the elders. And you know, being sick could be very bright. It can include um, serious physical. It could be mental. It could be emotional. It could be spiritual could be uh, re- relation, re- relational uh, problems. And so the elders, you know, they could be the mature Christians as well. They're called because they represent the church. And because, you know, they're, uh, they, I believe that they should have stronger faith with God. And not all of us are elders, but I believe it's, it's us. It's mature Christians. People that have been around the church for five years or more—it's those people that have um, that have been through thick and thin. And it says um, the elders go to the sick. They go because they're strength in numbers, and by going to in person, you know their prayers can be much more um, heartfelt. So you know, has anyone ever come to your house when you were discouraged, when you were sick? And, you know, they brought you food. You know, isn't it encouraging? Yes. And that's, that's how our church should be. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, another one is, uh, the elders pray and anoint with oil. So when the elders come to pray, Jerry tells them to anoint the sick person with oil. Yeah, It mean, literally it means to rub oil on him. And, you know, we don't know what kind of oil, but it's probably not Penn's oil. (laughs) But it's probably like olive oil or something. And, you know, that's what um, uh, oil in the Bible is uh, a symbol of health, vitality. So, you know, kings were anointed with oil. And and so with that, we are giving a humble reminder that all healing must come from God. God is here and He is able to heal you. And notice that the anointing is to be done in the name of the Lord. It's so important because it reminds that God is the ultimate source of uh, blessings and healing. And you know, the power is not in the elders, it's not in the oil, it's not even in the prayers but in the name of the Lord. And that's why we close out our prayers in the name of Jesus. And um, In the end, there's healing. And that's a bold bold, uh, promise. It says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. He calls it the prayer offered in faith. And when we pray, we are to come to God with an attitude of complete trust. That He can and will do what is needed in every situation. The scripture says nothing about how the healing will come, and it doesn't um, rule out medical uh, care. But you know, it could be a combination of both. You know, because oil has um, uh, medicinal properties. But it could be that God heals through medicine and prayer, and whether quickly or slowly, by miracle or by medicine. Oh, by a combination of the two, God is able to heal. And so we are to pray when we suffer, we are to praise when we have success, we are to call the elders when we have sickness. And let's look at the last one, when we have sin. Mm. Notice that the last part of verse 15 and verse 16 says, If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And King David, after committing some pretty bad sins, started to feel the effects of it with his body. And let's listen to um, how he described it in Psalm 32, verse uh, 3 to 5. It says, When I kept silent, my bones Wasted away through my groaning all day long. We can relate to that, right? We can groan all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. It's extremely important that you confess your sins to God and to others. Amen. And sin can, sin can work its way to our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It can cause us to waste away. And there's a story. It reminds me uh, about uh, four ministers. Here's another one. <laughs> <laughs> ministers. Come on, hate us. They wanted to confess sin in their lives. Come oh, on, the ministers. Do it. The four ministers were taking a short breather from their heavy schedules and they were sitting on a park bench. They're chatting away, enjoying the spring day. One says, you know, since all of us are such good friends, said one, this might be a good time to confess problems that are disturbing us. Yeah, they they all agreed. Well, I would like to share with you the fact that I drink to excess, said one. There was a gasp from the other three. (gasps) Then another spoke up. Since you were so honest, I'd like to say that my big problem is gambling. It's terrible, I know, but I can't quit. I've 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 even been tempted to take money from the collection plate. (gasps) Another gasp was heard. And the third minister spoke. I'm really troubled, brothers, because I'm growing fond of a woman in my church, a married woman. More gasped. (gasps) But the fourth man remained silent. And after a few minutes, the others encouraged him to open up. The fact is, he said, I just don't know how to tell you my problem. It's all right, brother. Your secret is safe with us. Well, it's this way, he said. You see, I'm an incurable gossip. <laughs> you know, this is a humorous uh, story, and there is power power in confession. There's power in confession because people can pray for you to overcome the sin in your lives. It doesn't mean for you to tell everybody about the confessions or what the person confesses, but you are to pray for them so that they can overcome. How then should we pray? We should pray aggressively because God can do more than we can ask or imagine. We should pray fervently because the fervent prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. Submissively because God's understanding of the total situation is much greater than ours. Amen. We should ask for what we want without telling God how to answer our prayers. And there, there's bound to be healing. And most of us can think of healing as getting rid of a disease. You know, it could be like turning the clock of life backwards and restoring the person to their previous state but healing in the bible is not becoming what we were but becoming all that god intends us to be and as i look at the scriptures it's not always god's will to heal physically you know or else none of no christians would ever die right but god is willing to answer when we pray with faith he will heal and he will lead through times of suffering and times of success in times of sickness and even when we're trapped in sin. And James give, gives us an example of a, a prayer uh, quickly in uh, verse 17 about Elijah. Verse 17, Elijah was a, was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Wow. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And you can find more detail um, in 1 Kings um, chapter 18, in verse 46. You know, um, I encourage you to look at that. But it says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, and Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed for no rain, it did not rain. Then he prayed for rain and it poured down. And prayer is the way to God's power. You know, we need to do the prayer and God does the work. Amen. But you know, if that's true, then why don't Christians pray more often than they do? and when they do pray why don't they see more answers to their prayers and maybe simply because not knowing how to pray I never knew how to pray but you know it's like this if we wanted to learn how to play basketball I would try to go to Michael Jordan to coach me if I wanted to learn how to play an instrument I would find an expert at that field and if I wanted to learn how to pray who would I go to Jesus. Now, Jesus knew how to pray. The Bible says in Luke 11, verse 1 One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples. And before Jesus was captured to be crucified, what was he doing? He was praying. He was praying for God's strength and God's will. And if Jesus did not pray, I don't think we would be taking communion today. We would not have the hope for our lives. And I believe our sins would not be forgiven. As we take our communion, let us remember what Jesus sacrificed. So that we can have hope for our lives. As we take our communion, let's think about what Jesus did for us. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the hope you have given us. Thank you that we can pray to you and come to you uh, when we have sin in our lives. And I pray that as we take the communion, the blood that represents um, the wine that represents his blood, the bread that represents his body, I pray that we can be grateful for you and for Jesus' sacrifice. Amen. We thank you for your love. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen.